Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Well, there's no way around it when the Pac 12 conference imploded on that fateful Friday. It was Washington State and Oregon State that got left behind. Oregon and Washington go off to the Big Ten Conference. The Four Corners schools take refuge in the Big 12. You now have Stanford and Cal in the ACC uh, flirtation. Uh, that became evident pretty early on. And, and Oregon State and Washington State have been left trying to figure out if they're going to put the pieces back together and what that would look like. A lot of frustrated stakeholders. Kirk Schultz is the president at Washington State University. He's been kind enough to join us. Uh, president Schultz, i got to ask you, the, the last few weeks have been really difficult on fans, difficult on athletes, difficult on coaches. What has it been like for you? Oh, it's been pretty awful, uh, <laughs> to be honest, as I think it has for, you know, everybody, uh, especially at Oregon State and Washington State, just kind of watching all this stuff unfold, uh, watching everybody sort of chase after dollars and, you know, watching a lot of tradition go away, loss of rivalries. Uh, there's there's really been nothing about it that has felt good, but I think about a week ago, John, you know, at least myself, our team at Washington State decided, you know what, we gotta we gotta close the book here on the past and look towards the future, and let's figure out what the right pathway is for WSU, and stop following everybody else around as to what they're doing, and I think. That's an important philosophical point that it gives us some freedom to say what's going to be best for us moving forward, and I think that's where we got to focus our energy. How do you balance what's doing right for Washington State and Oregon State right now versus where it's going to be in 10 years? Yeah, you know, I, I can't worry too much about where it's going to be in 10 years or even five years. I think what I want to make sure that we're doing is as we talk to broad constituents, and I can't emphasize this enough uh you got to be we are talking to our student athletes we're talking to some of our former student athletes who've gone on to professional careers in football and other things and remain invested with the university we're talking to our faculty staff and our student government um you know and i know when i first put out what our committee was going to look like you know there's a lot of criticism out there well how come you don't have more x y or z or you got too much of this and at the end of the day, this is an institutional decision, not just a decision made by the athletic director and the president. And I want to emphasize that this impacts so many different groups that you want to take your time to do it right. Now, I have, I'm under no illusion that we're going to get to the end of whatever WSU is going to do, and everybody's going to agree that this is the right solution. But I just didn't want anybody to go, you know, my voice wasn't heard. I had an opinion. Nobody cared about it. Uh, we wanted to just make sure we're hearing from a lot of folks about what that next stage has got to look like. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, false to think that there will be no reshuffling in the future. Um, now, whether that's five years out, ten years out, whatever, you know, what I want to do is make sure let's figure out where we got to be today and what can we be doing so that when the next round of shuffling goes on, whatever that is, that WSU has positioned itself to be attractive to whatever other leagues might be forming out there 
Or, you know, we might be in a place at a time we say, you know what, we like exactly where we are. We like the rivals we have. We like where athletics is at our university. We're not interested in going anywhere. I want that to be our choice, though, and not dependent on what everybody else is doing. Are we talking about a rebuilt Pac-2 or Pac-4 conference, or are you talking about relegation, joining the Mountain West or AAC? Where do you stand right now? You know, I think we still want to figure out what we might be able to do uh, along with Oregon State and perhaps Cal and Stanford, um, depending on where their decision points are, uh, about, you know, sort of keeping the band together and, and figuring out what that next step looks like. Now, that may not be necessarily just grabbing schools from other conferences. It could be some sort of a merger or a combination or whatever. And I just don't think – I think it's too early for us to be able to know what that looks like. Um, I think you've written as well as uh, John Wilner about, you know, some of the assets uh, that, that are available in the conference and who's going to decide what those assets look like and where they go. And I think those are all information points that we're going to need in the next couple of weeks on making that decision. I also am a pragmatist and a realist. And, you know, people out there have said, oh, well, let's go grab, you know, schools from this place and that place and we can get up to 12 or, or whatever. you got to have some financial resources to do that too. Uh, you know, a lot of schools are, are pretty happy with where they are. And if you say, hey, join us, and by the way, we may all be looking over our shoulders at the next best thing to go, people could say, you know what, I'm pretty damn happy where I am, not sure I want to go jump into something that's so uncertain. So I just think we've got to keep our options open, John, and I think we're going to see more clarity in the next couple of weeks when we sort of see, one, what happens with Cal and Stanford, two, what do the assets look like to, to do any sort of building, and three, you know, who, what schools would be interested in doing something like that that, you know, they already got a pretty good home, they already feel pretty good about it, and would there be something more attractive than where they are now? And I think all those things need to be answered. Help me out with the Power Five conference designation. Is it the conference? Is it the schools themselves? In the eyes of the NCAA, in the eyes of the college football playoff, can you unpack that? Yeah, it turns out it's, as you know, um, it's not as um, clear a definition as everybody would like to think. I think when they were, you know, previously when we had five conferences that were sort of identified originally as the autonomy five, and actually I was one of the chief architects of that happening when I was at Kansas State working with the NCAA was, you know, let's make sure that the five conferences that, shall we say, committed the largest amount of financial resources to our athletic programs wanted an ability to have more freedom to make decisions to benefit student-athletes. That's originally where the Autonomy Five came from. Then it got morphed into sort of this Power Five, and really, I think now today, the key thing is in the football playoffs, um, if you look at the dollars generated in the football playoffs, the Power Five keep 80% of the revenue and the other five Division One conferences get 20% of the revenue. And that, to me, is where the biggest difference is, is who gets the lion's share of the money coming off the football playoff. And if we are no longer considered a Power Five conference or 
whatever the commissioners decide to do in their meetings over the next couple of months, uh, I think that just means you can still have competition at the highest levels, but you're not going to have those large financial resources flowing into your school every year that help you do some other things. It became evident on that Friday as everybody was running for the hills that your media market and your brand are the most important things when it comes to uh, being attractive in expansion and realignment. So how do you, as Washington State or Oregon State, improve your brand if you're not getting that money that you talked about? Well, you got to get the money from somewhere else if you're going to do it. And, you know, the somewhere else becomes either uh, the institution elects to put forward additional, you know, uh, dollars, uh, student fees that a lot of the non-Power 5 schools tend to be significantly higher uh, supporting intercollegiate athletics. You know, there's no magic bag of money sitting under the, you know, president's desk or they just reach in and pull cash out. And I think that's the the challenge that we're facing over the next couple of years is you can say you want to spend at a certain level. So where does that revenue actually come from? Because it's not going to be coming from any conference that we move to, whether we rebuild in some form or fashion or join the Mount West, or join the AAC. Those dollars are just not, it's not going to be $35 million a year. Maybe it's 10 maybe it's 5 So you're going to have to come up with some alternatives on how you're going to fund your athletic program. And I think, John, we're still uh, going through and trying to figure some of those things out, just like our colleagues are at Oregon State. And, uh, you know, you, the answer is you're not going to be able to completely do it any one way. And I think that's a critical thing for us moving ahead is you're, you're going to lose some brand identity nationally just because you're not going to be in front of as many eyeballs on TV as you were, you know, in, in this previous year. Can you help us with the role of Oliver Luck? What role does he play for you guys? Yeah, right now he's in, I say, just an advisor. You know, as soon as all this went down uh, and you're in the middle of this, you know, kind of shit storm, the, the question becomes you need somebody else out there that you respect that maybe, you know, can step back a little bit and say, here's something I think you guys need to be thinking about or here's somebody you need to talk with. And that's what we did when we got Oliver Luck. I worked with him and Pat had worked with him. We both respected him. You know, he is Andrew played, you know, in the Pac-12, so he uh, had served as AD, you know, his resume, I'm not going to read that to you, but um, we just felt he had such a broad range of experience that we just wanted somebody that could maybe say, Kirk and Pat, this is something you guys need to be focused on that's outside the noise a little bit that we hear at our own institution. So Oliver has been really good to, you know, help us strive to, think of what we can do together with Oregon State eventually, um, what conference affiliations might look like, and just be another set of eyeballs and ears to provide us some sound uh, advice moving forward. We all know recruiting is important. Would relegation to the Mountain West Conference or the AAC kill Washington State and Oregon State with athletes? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, uh, and that's a really good question. And the reason I state it that way is that our initial set of conversations with our athletes, they were power five or bust. Um, that was their quote. Um, and that we got consistently back and forth. Then you start diving into that. And we had, you know, one of our athletes and one of our sports, you know, it was like, well, 
I said, what does that mean to you? And they said, well, what that means, you know, we've got great nutrition advice. Uh, you know, we're competing at the highest level. And they actually went through some stuff that you would say, well, that's not really power five. That's really about the finances and the support infrastructure that they need to compete at a higher level that maybe don't exist in some of those other conferences. And so I think those are the kinds of things that we're going to start sorting through. And, you know, with revenues less and you're going to spend less, clearly something's got to give. And so I think we've got to just be really careful about going through and figuring out what things are we doing now that we're going to have to reduce and not do as much. And that will impact the abilities, I think, of many of our student athletes to compete at the level that they're used to competing and have the support structure that they're used to having that just simply don't exist in some of the other G5 conferences. So I know that's a long-winded answer to that, but I, I think it's coming down as we have more discussions internally to what resources are going to be in place to provide the support infrastructure to compete, you know, at that, that higher level. Um, access to championships is important. And I think one of the things that, you know, the Mountain West talked to us about and talked to Oregon State about, and I think you've written a little bit about, is, you know, they feel pretty strongly that you add a couple schools and guess what, uh, you know, maybe we have uh, easier access to the football playoff. Some of the power four leagues might have where there are 20 schools or 18 schools all vying for a spot or two. So that remains to be seen, but uh, I think that's also something that is part of the discussion is can we make it to NCAA uh, opportunities out of a different league and can we compete well uh, coming out of a different league once you get to those championships um, that those are all things that we're looking at, John. How does the Pac-12 conference in this football season and the upcoming basketball season operationally hold events and hold a season with Pac-12 employees getting their resumes out there and all that uncertainty and obviously a doubtful future? Well, you know, um, the answer is we know yet. Um, we're working with George as our commissioner on you know, hey, we've got a full year of competition and our partners uh, who are, you know, providing these dollars expect a certain level of service, you know, from the conference office. That's what they're paying for. So you can't just shut everything down and go, well, we hope it's going to be okay. So one of the things that we're going to be continuing to work on is, you know, how do we make sure we maintain that level of service over uh, the next year? If there's going to be some, uh, you know, iteration of the PAC-X that moves forward, you know, you're going to need some of the operations and things that we do now, so you don't want to disband those. So the next month, the next four weeks is really critical on our decision pathways on a lot of these things. And we're still trying to figure out how to best do it. What um, now do we need in place and not need in place? And uh, there's unfortunately no playbook <laughs> you go to and you just say, oh, well, here's the steps to do. And this is the challenge, right? You've got four schools still, you know, in the pack, uh, the pack 12 That could be down to two as, you know, as soon as the ACC makes a final decision. Um, and you've got two presidents then that are working like hell to try and figure out what's best for their own institutions and simultaneously trying to make sure that we're doing governance and 
moving the conference forward or keeping it operational uh, with with Commissioner Kliakoff. So there's just a lot of moving parts now. I'm sorry I don't have a more definitive no. answer, but I, I do think um, we can't just be hoping for clarity. We've got to drive ourselves to some sort of clarity in the next month. I'm going to make a leap, and I want you to tell me if it's too big of a leap. But there seems to be, uh, I mean, an obvious difference between four schools trying to make a rebuild in the Pac-12 versus two schools getting left behind. The ACC decision with Stanford and Cal feels like a big one. Is that too big of a leap? I mean, if it's four schools versus two schools, is it is it changed the calculus uh, massively in your mind? You know, I think, uh, no, I don't think that's too big a leap, John. I think the key is that... Um, I'm proud of our, you know, athletic products, you know, Oregon State's nationally ranked in football. Um, we both feel great about our schools. If you sort of say, okay, if you list Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State and just ask fans nationwide, Cal and, and Stanford have just got really outstanding brand recognition. Um, and so to me, if you're going to do something, you need the power of some schools that got great brand recognition. And maybe the football product isn't what everybody would like it to be from their fan bases right now. I will argue Washington State and Oregon State, uh, especially where Oregon State is now, got a great, fantastic football product. So I just think if you've got those four, it just feels to me that you've got more doors open than if you got – but – I don't have data to support that yet, and uh, but I, I just that's where I kind of currently uh, you know reside. Now I know our fan bases want clarity; they want a decision, um, and they want a certain decision. And part of the reason for us doing a, a group uh, to invite a couple conference commissioners to come in was that I knew one of the things that we needed to do was. Don't rush the decision. There's no reason we have to make these decisions over a weekend. So give ourselves some time to sort of evaluate, argue, look at positives and negatives. At the end of the day, some section of the fan base of Washington State, no matter what we do, is going to go, that was a bad decision. But I don't want anybody to go, it was so hasty, they didn't really take their time. So it's, a, it's an art and science. You want to make sure that we're being uh, deliberative or, or being careful, but you can't forever either. So to me, I sort of feel I've got, you know, on my calendar a big X on October 1. I sort of feel by that point we have got to decide here's our pathway forward and aggressively pursue a single pathway, and we just can't keep alternatives open forever. And I think that to me gives us about another five weeks, which – Sounds like a lot, but it's going to go fast. George Klyovkov's role as the Pac-12 commissioner. You mentioned him operationally. Will he be involved in what happens next for Washington State? You know, right now, George is our commissioner. Um, we're still treating him just like the commissioner. He's running the Pac-12, and uh, we just haven't gotten into, uh, if we go direction X, we go direction Y, uh, who's doing what. And so... I know fans and people out there are like, well, how come you haven't made a decision? Uh, right now we need George to focus on uh, running the conference office, representing us at the college football playoff board and those things, and that's where our focus is. And, and you'll know differently uh, if, if anything changes. But 
we don't anticipate anything changing, certainly in the near future. You've got a football game against Colorado State coming up this weekend. Will it feel normal to you, or does this uh, uncertainty constantly swim in the back of your head? Oh, it's constantly swimming, um, and and actually it should be. Uh, this is not a small thing, and, uh, you know, as we open up our season, and, and I think we're going to play well against Colorado State, um, you know, it's always in the back of our head. Are we going to do the right thing here? Um, and interestingly, John, I would say, and I, and I was talking to some of our donors yesterday, and one of them pointed out and said, Kirk, we're going to know if the decision we make is the right one in probably three or four years. And, you know, it's not going to be the kind of thing that in the next two months everybody's going to go, man, that was the right decision. And I want to point towards can we make sure that we're taking care of our student-athletes in terms of travel expectations and them completing their degrees? Are we winning and competing for conference championships on a regular basis? And I think if you start going through some things like that, it's going to be hard to know even eight months from now. I think four years from now, people look back and say, yeah, it was tough, but they made the right decision, or you know, hopefully not, saying they, they had an opportunity and they blew it. Um, so I think it's going to be tempting for everybody to worry about, is it the right decision in the next four weeks or five weeks? I think it's going to be longer term before we know it. Um, and, uh, and that carries with it a huge amount of responsibility to get it right. Um, and that's always in the back of my mind. Washington State and Oregon State fans are mad. They're, they watch the presidents of the Pac-12 conference, smart people, academics, do a whole bunch of dumb things that, in the end, leave Washington State and Oregon State holding the bag. I have these people reaching out to me, these fans of, of your program, fans of Oregon State, and they want to know what they can do to get involved. How do they harness their frustration and energy? What, what do you tell them? You know, harness energy by showing up and supporting athletes. I, I, I've echoed that again and again and again. And for both Oregon State and Washington State, the worst thing that a fan can do is say, you know, we're not going to play USC anymore, so I'm not going to go to Corvallis for the game. Or, you know, UCLA is not going to be in Pullman, so I'm just, I'm just not going to go support us because it doesn't feel as big time anymore. Those student-athletes on the field, whether it's football, volleyball, basketball, pick your favorite sport, still need our support. Our college towns are still going to be active college towns on Saturdays, and we need people to go, life is different, but I'm still going to be there. I'm still going to support my alma mater, and that's the important thing. Uh, that's one thing. The second is I know nobody wants to hear this, but they got to be patient, and I know they want a quick decision, but at the same time, we're asking people to be patient. Uh, we're communicating with our fan base a lot. We're trying to be as open and transparent about our process. And, look, I get all kinds of angry emails and social media postings and stuff. But we're also telling people you got to work hard to be uninformed right now because we're trying to be really upfront about options and what we're doing. So come support our student-athletes. You know, be patient continue to pay attention to your column and others and what the universities are putting out, and that's what I ask people to do. So, Kirk Schultz, Washington State President, thank you. Thanks for your time. I appreciate you. Okay. Thanks, John. I'm sure we'll talk again yeah. over the next few weeks. So. For sure. Thank you. And there he goes. Okay.
I'm pretty sure that Oregon State and Washington State fans are going to hear that interview, and you know, I don't know that you're going to feel better about it, and I don't know that that was the intention. You know, there's there's a part of being left behind in realignment and expansion that um, cannot be rectified, cannot be fixed with uh, a president, a university president who got left behind coming on to say, look, uh, here are our options, they're limited, and it's going to take us some time to figure out what we should do. I will be really interested to see if Washington State and Oregon State harness the the focus, the chip on the shoulder, whatever you want to call it, the, um, of being left behind in a way that manifests itself on the field. And I do think from outside the Pac-12 footprint, you will find a lot of outsiders rooting for those two programs. Leave it here. You got the bald-faced truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Good stuff from Kirk Schultz, the Washington State president. I don't think it does anything to ease the frustrations of Oregon State fans and Washington State fans. Uh, But we have a college football week one that might do some of that. We'll talk about it coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Bruce Barnum, the opponent for the University of Oregon on Saturday. He is the head coach at Portland State. He'll be joining us uh, coming up at uh, 524. Why don't you hear from that? Uh, here for that, uh, the uh, and a major league baseball team has has basically done what fantasy owners in fantasy baseball do that pisses everyone off. Stephen, what do fantasy owners do that pisses piss off the rest of the league? Uh, cut everybody right before the end of the season. Cut everybody. Leave them on the open market. The Angels. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but. If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.